I'm going to preach a sermon. It's a Christmas sermon uh, that I that I have this year, and honestly, it wasn't where I thought I'd be for Christmas. You know, when we think of Christmas, it's it's peace, love, it's joy, it's families, it's friends, it's presents, it's good times. You know, and we think about the baby and how peaceful and serene. I mean, well, it came upon a midnight clear. You know, I mean, away in a manger. You know. Um, we sing Silent Night, you know, Round John Virgin. I said, I tell you what, it's not going to be silent when you call a, a, a pregnant woman round. Any Lord, that's all I can think of every time we think when we sing that song, Round John Virgin. Man, don't do that. Like, but anyway, uh, we think of how peaceful and how good, and just there's this, there's this nostalgia, there's this good feeling that that Christmas brings. And as I was reading the Christmas story. Uh, this year and, and just studying the word and there was a, a reoccurring theme that really resonated with my heart this year. There are four words they are on the screen behind me, so I can't hide them. I can't I can't be uh, make you wait and see those four, those four words were simply do not be afraid. And I find it very compelling because in this in the Christmas story and I, I went ahead and I started with Luke one. So it's a little bit of Zechariah and John's birth. Four times, God's messenger, so the word in Greek for, for, for angel, it's God's messenger. When he shows up, he says those same four words every time. Do not be afraid. Now, I get it. So if I was in my living room or I was doing my job or I was out working in a field and angels showed up, probably the first thing I need to hear is don't be afraid. I mean, I get that. But I don't think as we look at God's words today, he's just talking to people who were startled. I don't think that, that their being in awe of the moment that they were or, or, or shocked by, by the apparition that before them is the only reason that the angel is saying to them, do not be afraid. Every time he says it, he immediately speaks to what potentially the fear is that they're wrestling through. Every time he, he mentions it, he speaks to the heart of the one in whom he's speaking about something that has gripped them in their life. And so this morning, as God's messenger to this church, my heart is, because see, these all happened before the Christmas story took place, except for the one was kind of in the middle of it all, that as we approach Christmas this year, my heart is that you hear these words, do not be afraid. I want to look at some portions of Scripture. Uh, we're going to be in Luke 1 mostly, if you want to be there with me. If not, the, the verses will be on the screen. I'm going to pray, God, I thank you this morning because you have a word for us this day. And I pray, God, that you would help us to hear what you're speaking to us. That as we head into Christmas this year, that, that fear would not be what defines us or, or restricts us from what you desire for us to see, to experience, and to know. God, I pray your anointing upon these words. Take every thought that's not yours and remove it from this room. And let your very will be accomplished in us and through us. In Jesus' name. So Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 8. It says, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot 
according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right, hand, or right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. I believe that as we look at the word of God today, we're going to see a pattern in which the, the, the messengers of God speak to our heart. So Zechariah was a priest, and he was chosen by Lot to go into the Holy of Holies. That's what he's doing. He's performing his priestly duties, and, a, and, a, and an angel shows up in the midst of that, and he's gripped with fear. He's startled. I get it. So the angel shows up, and he says, don't be afraid. He doesn't say, don't be afraid. I'm an angel, and I'm coming to talk to you. He says, don't be afraid. Why? Because your prayer has been heard. You see, Zechariah had a prayer that he and his wife had been praying for a long time. That's that they would have a child. And that prayer seemed to not be answered. That prayer didn't seem to be heard. That prayer seemed to be going nowhere. And when the angel spoke to Zechariah in that place on that day, he didn't say, hey, this is who I am. He said, he said, Zechariah, don't be scared. Why? Because your prayer has been heard. I think that's cool because I think a lot of times we're gripped with fear because we're afraid that our prayers haven't been heard. We pray and we don't see anything. We pray and we don't feel anything. So we assume because we've got an enemy who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, and he begins to whisper and he begins to speak to us about our fear. Our fear is that God doesn't hear. And he says, God must not want that for you. And he said, God must not be listening to you. And he says, God must not be hearing you. You must be on the wrong frequency. You must have dialed the wrong number. And that spirit of fear begins to rise up in us. But see, God had a plan for Zechariah. God had a plan for for his son that he wanted Zechariah to be a part of. Recall the rest of the story. Uh, He says, how can we be sure of this? God shuts his mouth for nine months. Sometimes... I wonder why God doesn't shut our mouth for nine months. You know what I'm saying? But he couldn't go where God needed him to go with that spirit of fear. His part in the Christmas story, he needed to quiet the spirit of fear. I want to tell you, I can promise you this day that when you pray, God hears your prayers. First Peter chapter 3 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. In First John chapter 5, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. God needs you to understand. Don't be afraid. He hears you when you pray. 
That seems basic. That seems simple. But I think it's something that we all wrestle with. It's, it's something that Zechariah was dealing with. And God had a plan for him. He had a purpose for him. And he had to recognize, hey, you're scared right now because there's this angel that just showed up. But you need to know you don't have to be afraid because God has heard your prayers. I was telling my wife this week as I was putting this together, this sermon really kind of preached itself for me. I didn't have to think too hard when I was putting it together. The second incident, Luke chapter 1. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That virgin's name was Mary. The angel went and said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Now, isn't that funny? What was she afraid of? She was afraid of his words. And she wondered what this what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. Mary was afraid. Why? What was the angel's diagnosis of where her fear was coming from? Her fear was coming from who she was, how valuable she really could be. The angel's greeting to her is, you are highly favored by God. What kind of greeting is that? I mean, who's going to be scared when someone comes to you and says, Greg, you are, you are incredibly blessed by God. You see, what I think is happening is Mary, she's this young woman. She doesn't come from the right family. She's not coming from the right place. And God is saying to her, you are highly favored. That word favor comes from the same word as grace, to bestow grace in Scripture. It's that same word in the Greek. He's looking at, at, at Mary and saying, Mary, you have been blessed with an abundance of the grace of God. You see, I think we become afraid because we don't think that we're important enough. We start wondering whether God, we talked about, hears us, but maybe whether he sees us. Like, am I really that important? I mean, Crawford, Nebraska, most people can't find it on a map. Does God even know where it's at? I mean, you've really got to find directions to get there. Does it really matter what's happening there? Does it really matter what's going on in our, in our little church, in our little part of the world, in my little life? I mean, I've done some pretty stupid things. I, I've made some pretty bad choices. I, I, I put myself in, in these really bad places. And fear, that spirit of fear, begins to tell us lies that we listen to, that we're not important to God, that, that He doesn't love us as much as we think He does, that, that He won't forgive us this time. And God, through the angel, is looking at Mary, and He's saying, I know your fear is that you're not good enough, but what I want you to hear is that you are highly favored by God. This morning, you are highly favored by God. The Christmas story that we tell, the Christmas story that, that you hear, it was for you. You're highly favored by God. Ephesians chapter 1. 
says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I think we read these words sometimes. I'll I'll finish this verse in just a moment. We read these words and we're like, yeah, Pastor, that sounds good for you, but it's not really the reality in my life. I don't know that I'm living with every spiritual, spiritual blessing which is in Christ. The messenger wants to say to you this morning, you are highly favored. You are a recipient of the abundance of God's grace. You are the recipient of every spiritual blessing. It is yours. How? Through Jesus Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. You are highly favored. Whatever your, your arguments in your brain or in your flesh or in your soul might be right now, don't be afraid. Because you are highly favored by God. He desires for you, for me, for us to live with Every spiritual blessing, the fullness of his grace and goodness that are ours through Jesus Christ. Second Timothy says he called us or he saved us and called us to a holy knife, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace, the grace that was given us. In Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And he, when he talked to Mary, the angel, he said, don't be afraid, highly favored, right? You are highly favored by God. And then he said, he is with you. You're important enough that God is, is with you. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not just important enough that God is with you, but He's in you. And sometimes because we don't think we're valuable enough, because we don't think we're important enough, we become afraid. But God wants you to know that He is in you. He is with you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. We went to the school the other night for their um, Title I Literacy Night, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. I love it. It's my favorite time of the year. I repent because I just lied and I was preaching. Anyway, we get there and so it's a different place. And so you know what Elliot does when we're in a different place? He gets as close to dad as he can. He gets real close. Why? Because when I know dad's there, I'm not as scared. Because when I know my dad is is near me, it's just not as intimidating in this room, in, in this room, in this place. Too bad in life 
we don't see that analogy play out time and time again when we become afraid, when we feel fear in our life, fear of the unknown, fear of what might happen, fear of whether I'm, I'm worth it or not, fear of whether God hears me, that I need to know that I can get close to my Father and have some peace and have some joy and have some comfort because I don't have to be afraid because God is with me. Don't be afraid. Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Can you imagine Matt, uh, uh, Joseph in this story? Mary shows up and says, hey. An angel just appeared to me and told me I'm pregnant. And Joseph knows what they've done and what they haven't done. So he's got to be convinced that, that this story just isn't right. Can you imagine that? I mean, you're waiting for your wedding day and you find out that your, that your fiancé is pregnant from someone else. And I got to guess that Joseph was feeling a sense of his life being out of control. Like, none of this makes sense. And Joseph begins, you know, he's worried that, that, that people might say something, you know, and so he's going to divorce her quietly. I mean, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't the plan I had. When I was in kindergarten and I wrote down what I wanted to be when I grew up, divorced wasn't one of those things. His life is out of control. The angel comes to him and says, don't be afraid. Why? Because Mary, the, the child in front, and Mary is conceived by the Spirit. Ultimately, what I sense that the angel is telling Joseph is don't be afraid because God is in control. Now, the world's going to tell him God is not in control. Because a God who's in control is never going to choose this path for he and his fiance. The world's going to tell him that this is so out of control, you need to get as far from this and just start over. You maybe need to move from this town to that town so no one knows who you are. Get a fresh start so they can't define you. They can't quantify you. People are going to talk about you. I mean, you're always going to be the guy when you go into Walmart, they're going to point at and laugh because you're the dude that was duped to believe that your wife was, was impregnated by God. And God said, through his messenger, to a man whose life had to seem completely chaotic. Joseph, don't be afraid. I'm in control. I've got a plan. I've got a plan that I've been working on since the beginning of time that's being fulfilled in this moment. Don't be afraid about what people will say or what they'll do. I've got a plan, and it's a good one. I'm not 
out of control. I want to tell you, church, that no matter how chaotic things may seem in this season, that no matter how chaotic things may seem in your life, that God wants you to hear this day, don't be afraid. I've got a plan. I'm in control. Isn't that what happens? All of a sudden, we think things are out of control. And I like to say we write stories. Anybody else there? Man, all of a sudden, things didn't go as I planned. And I'm going to tell you how it's going to end because my plan had an ending that I knew. And now that there's this new chapter, there's this new path that we're taking, I know where this path leads and this path is no good. And we start to write stories in our mind and we allow fear to begin to be an author in our lives. And fear says people will judge you. Fear says this isn't going to work. Fear says Mary just made that story up. Fear says that, that, that people will, 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 will stone you because your wife is, is, is this. I know where this is going to end. And God says, I've got a plan. It's not out of control. Our world our country, our government, our health care, our, 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 our COVID situation is not out of control. God is in control. There's no doubt that he's in control. In Matthew 10 it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Hebrews 11.1 says, My faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. Don't be afraid because you are highly favored by God and He is with you. Don't be afraid because God is in control. One last account. Luke chapter 2 again. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Don't be afraid, because God's got some good news. We can see lots of bad news. Turn on the TV, turn on CNN, Fox News, turn on whatever you want. We can be consumed by bad news. But there's absolutely good news. It's good news that God spoke to us in, in worship today. It's good news that God speaks to us 
through his messengers. That good news is the same today as it was to those shepherds. You see, the shepherds needed some good news. And you know what? I can identify with the shepherds. They were just the common people. And God wanted to speak to the common people. Yeah, they were waiting. You know what they were waiting for? They were waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for a Savior. They were waiting for one that was going to come. In our lives, we're waiting. We're, we're, we're anxious. The word that God said for your family members to experience the throne room of God. I've got good news. Don't be afraid. Yeah, there's lots of bad news, but I've got good news. That good news is that there is a Messiah who has been born. The Savior has come. It's the one that was prophesied about in nine in Isaiah 9, 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of God wants us to experience the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He wants us in this season to be reminded that the Savior has come. Yet I wonder, this is where Pastor Steve starts to suppose or wonder, what happens if fear dictates any of these stories? What happens if Zechariah looks at Gabriel and says, you're crazy. God didn't hear my prayer or he would have answered it a lot sooner than now. And he's not going to answer it now because... What happens if Mary says, yeah, I'm not that important. You picked the wrong woman. Why don't you go find someone better than me? What happens when when Joseph says, no, that's not right? What happens when the shepherds, they don't respond to what the angel is saying and they allow fear to grip them and they're afraid that when they go to town, everyone's going to say that they're just foolish because they're only shepherds and they're not going to listen to a word we say. Our story looks a lot different. You guys can come forward. This morning, I feel like God is positioning us for Christmas. I feel like God wants us to be everything we can, to experience every promise that he has for us in this story. I believe that we still participate in the Christmas story. We just don't see the part where a bunch of crazy-looking people dressed weird show up at the manger to worship the, the, the Savior of the world. They would say we were dressed weird now. We participate in the, the story. And just like then, God is speaking today. Do not be afraid. I'm not sure what your fears may be. I'm not sure whether you needed to hear this day that your prayers 
have been heard. Or you needed to hear this day that you are highly favored by God. You are absolutely precious to Him. Important to Him. So important that He is, He absolutely is, and always will be with you. If you needed to hear this day, that don't worry about how crazy and how many things are going on around you, but that God is absolutely in control. That, that even though Though the story makes no sense and it makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't know what the next chapter is going to look like, that God has written that chapter and he knows what those pages say and he desires you to get to that place because there's good news. It's not bad news. The Savior's come. The Messiah has come. Your way for eternal life and your part in His kingdom, your place in His throne that He said He desired for you to come has been established. That was what Jesus Christ said when He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Me. That invitation wasn't for everybody else in the room. That invitation was for you this day. He wants you in the holiest of places. He wants you to experience the fullness of His Son, Jesus Christ. I may not be as glorious as Gabriel. And I may not be as terrifying as Gabriel either. But I am God's messenger this morning. And as his messenger, I want to say, do not be afraid. Father, I come to you this morning. And I thank you for this word. And I thank you for the spirit of God who's been speaking to our hearts. The one who's been highlighting in this message the parts that are for me. And God, if there's anyone in this room who's afraid, if there's anyone in this room, God, who wrestles with fear, whether God hears, whether he loves or is with us whether he's in control or even able God I pray that this morning they hear there's good news the good news is Jesus Christ The good news is that his kingdom reigns forever. The good news is that death has been defeated. The good news is that the Savior has come. The good news is that my sin has been forgiven. The good news is that the price has been paid for my salvation, for my redemption. The wonderful counselor. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, 
God, I pray that we would hear your voice this day. That we would hear what you're speaking. And we would know your peace. We would know your joy, your love, your comfort and counsel. God, I thank you for this word in Jesus' name. You know, this morning, they're going to sing a song. and As they sing this song, I would open the altars. If you want someone to stand with you, if you say, Pastor, I just need someone to pray with me. Your sermon hit home with my heart in this area or that area. I want that opportunity to pray with you. And if you're saying, well, Pastor, that sermon wasn't for me, but I got this situation and I need someone to stand with me and pray for me in that, I, I want to pray with you this day. Amen? There's good news. Amen? He hears us when we pray. We're highly favored by Him. bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you live in Christmas without fear. Amen? Be blessed.